today on Ag News Daily. The announcement of that uh, large payment uh, going for your beans again with the market facilitation is going to just guys want to plant as many beans as they can plant. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is another podcast here on the Ag News Daily Podcast, joined by my co-host, Mike Pearson, and of course, I'm Delaney Howell reporting. Mike, we're going to have a great interview today, aren't we? We are. I'm very excited. We're talking to a Twitter friend who is now a real friend, Mr. <laughs> Bob Hartsaw, uh, insurance agent with Sylvia's Insurance. So we're going to talk about Prevent Plant mm-hmm. and what all might be changing with Prevent Plant, given this administration's most recent announcement with regard to uh, money going to farmers. Yes. So let's just get right into it, because uh, as promised, that it's going to be a great conversation. So do stay tuned. I think he kind of answers some of those questions that we had. But we had a new monkey wrench thrown into this thing yesterday afternoon. The press release I received from the USDA says, quote, details on the new farming program will be forthcoming shortly, blah, 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 blah. Design this program to avoid skewing planting decisions one way or the other. Farmers should continue to make their planting and production decisions with the current market signals in mind rather than some expectation of what a farming support program might or might not look like based on inaccurate media stories, end quote. I also saw that the USDA said Bloomberg's story was, I'm ad-libbing here, fake news. So it seems, I'm just very thrown off by this. Like, why wouldn't you wait until after planting dates were over? So you didn't skew market decision. I was talking to a couple of people yesterday about this. It feels like, and I'm going to go on a quick tangent, and I know you probably feel the same way, but capitalism. Do it. We need more tangents from Delaney. Well, capitalism is alive and breathing in the U.S., but stuff like this, when you interfere with normal market economics, normal market flow, I feel like this is, I don't know, not socialism, but some sort of government intervention that doesn't. It needs to happen, but it also maybe it doesn't need to happen because now you're messing everything up again. Right, right. I mean, that's that's what this is. It is a way to change the market because, and we'll talk about it with Bob, so I won't get into it in too far detail, but this is causing growers to reevaluate their planting plans. It's causing them to wonder, and the big question, and, and Bob talked about this before we went on the air, the big question is, Will the payouts be based on 2019 production, Mm -hmm. in which case you better plant every single acre you got to beans because now you're looking at a 1050 board price. You're looking at, uh, you know, a a 975-ish cash sale. Holy buckets. That's profitable for a lot of guys. That Mm -hmm. is the kind of deal that starts to make some sense. Or will this program be based on historical yields whereon, you know, Take your prevent plant this year, get your two bucks a bushel on uh, your past production, and, uh, you know, take that to the bank. Keep your lender happy. Yeah. I, so who knows? Who knows? I wish they just unveil the whole friggin' thing well, when they drop these news releases. It's So, again, I don't know if this is super accurate or not, because I think it was in Bloomberg, but supposedly it's coming out Thursday, tomorrow, so I don't know if that'll happen or not. Well, it better come out before May 25th. That is the uh, the earliest prevent plant date. We got to have these numbers. Growers need to know what they're working with. So come on, USDA, Undersecretary, good friend of the pod, Mr. Bill Northey. Come on. <laughs> I, I know don't he think listens. Realm, I know he listens sometimes. I've seen it on his phone before. 
Oh, there we go. So, so Mr. Norvi, Mr. Undersecretary, if you still listen, encourage your colleagues at the USDA <laughs> to not drop headlines until they're ready to yeah. drop the whole the whole enchilada. That's interesting um, analogy there, but okay. Well, I was thinking what an enchilada makes you drop later. Okay, that's lovely. Gross. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, your belt because you're fat. Yeah, leave uh, it to you. Enchilada. That's Leave what I was you. saying. Mm-hmm. That's not what I was saying. No, I know. Oh, boy. Well, we got some news here coming out of the Roundup Bear continuing lawsuit. So apparently a judge has now appointed an attorney by the name of Kenneth Feinberg as a mediator for the court-mandated settlement talks in the litigation over Roundup causing cancer. So this guy, Feinberg, is going to meet with lawyers for Bayer, and he's going to meet with plaintiffs within the next uh, 14 days. And here's what he's trying to consolidate. The 900 federal Roundup lawsuits. Mm. That's what is currently working against Bayer. So this guy is going to have to basically bring them all into a room and work with the lawyers and try to figure out, I guess, some kind of of a settlement type of deal, all told, there are, and this just blows my mind, 13,400 plaintiffs who allege that Roundup has caused their non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and that Bayer, or formerly Monsanto, didn't warn them about the risks. That lawsuits are currently rocking and rolling on this deal. Okay, if there's that many plaintiffs, too, um, they're not going to win really any money, I, I wouldn't feel like. Well, that's what this is going to be determining. I mean, is it a class action? That's what they're making. Maybe okay. Making it. it. I I have no idea. I think that's what this is. I think okay. they're rolling them all into a class action. That would make sense. I watched some How to Get Away with Murder last night, and they've been talking a lot about that class action. That show is so stupid. <laughs> I hate. That. Well, okay, but they've been talking about class action lawsuits. So I feel like. It, I feel like I learned a little bit about the legal system through that show, stupid or not. You don't. That show is foolish. Why are they all still in the same town where they've murdered their law professor or their law professor <laughs> murdered a person? Anyways. I've got some other news. Okay. And I'm going to take us away from the legal issues. Okay. Uh, we've talked for the past couple of days about how Canada is now fully on board, full steam ahead, was Christia Freeland's quote, with passing the USMCA, the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Agreement, NAFTA 2.0. Apparently, Mexico, Mexican Foreign Minister Marcelo Ebrard said today that he thinks there is a good chance that Mexico is going to ratify this agreement. So this deal to modernize NAFTA could be coming together sooner rather than later, which would Kind of an irrelevant piece of trade news, but it'd be nice to have a win. Mm -hmm. It would. It just creates some positive sentiment, I think, if nothing else. But I've got a piece. It's a tailwind, not a headwind for the first time since this administration really got started. So following up on that a little bit here, in talking about USMCA, etc., President Trump is appearing to play, quote-unquote, hardball with the USMCA agreement, and he told Democrats that he will not work on an infrastructure bill with them until they finish the trade pact and vote on it, approve it, etc. in Congress. He said, quote, once Congress has passed USMCA, we should turn our attention to a bipartisan infrastructure package, end quote. Oh. 
All right. So he's trying to use it as leverage. Come on, Congress. Come on. Do something. It's bipartisan. We need our roads fixed. We need our bridges fixed. If the government's going to do one thing, and you know me, I'm a crazy, whacked-out, anti-government libertarian, and every time I bring up my worldview, somebody says, well, who's going to build the roads? And you know what? (laughs) Apparently not the government, if this thing is any indication. Yes. Are you done with your rant? I couldn't really tell. I guess. So I've got another rant coming, though. The U.S is at least a month away from enacting proposed tariffs on the remainder of $300 billion worth of Chinese imports because it is, I I assume for the first time, studying the impact that would have on consumers. That's according to uh, Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin earlier today. Okay. It's kind of a slow news day, isn't it, Mike? Uh, I mean, that's huge news. The fact that we are going to put a 10 to 25% tax on American citizens Mm -hmm. simply because they're choosing to buy discount goods. Can they do that? What? Can can they do that? Of course they can. Section, I believe this would all be Section 232 tariffs. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, they're going to use the same program they did to put the tariffs on the first $250 billion worth of Chinese goods. And now they're going to do it perhaps, potentially, on the remaining $300 billion worth of imports. And, hey, what's China going to do if we put more tariffs on their goods? Um, Lenny, you know? Tariffs back? Yup, they're going to retaliate. They're going to retaliate. And do you know what products are left to retaliate on? No clue. What's left? Agricultural goods. We have an opportunity with China in the grips of African swine fever. We should be shipping them boatloads of pork. But we're not because we are now the third favored buyer from China. They're looking instead to Argentina and Brazil. And Mm -hmm. frankly, America, that is a disgrace that we're losing pork, which is what we do. Pork and corn better than anybody else in the world. And beef, I think. Um We're losing that market to South America, which is devastating. Well, another market we might be losing to South America, not that I have a vested interest in this personally, but we've seen the third packing plant and the world's largest meat packer launching a new plant-based burger in Brazil that, of course, is JBS South America. They're kind of following suit here when we've seen Tyson and also Cargill also announce their intentions to launch an alternative protein. Now, JBS is following suit. They launched just earlier this month a burger, I guess if that's what you want to call it, made from soy, wheat, garlic, onions, and beetroot at a trade show in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Gross. I have no follow-up. That's disgusting. Beetroot. (laughs) Beets should be pickled and sold in bars, and that is it. That that was the one ingredient I was questioning when I read it. Like, I'm like, okay, I understand all the rest of these things, but beetroot? I mean, I don't even know how do you... What color beetroot and beet juice? Well, red or pink? Exactly. So they're using it to replicate the heme, the the juice in these burgers. That's my guess. I guess you're probably correct there. Yeah. Yeah, well, Hmm. disgusting. JBS, knock it off. (laughs) Send those brothers to jail. Yeah, but we haven't heard anything about them in quite a while. No, their case is proceeding. I I actually, I was was doing some searching on it here this last week. Their case is moving forward. They're not allowed to leave Brazil. 
um, but they are not, I believe, presently in jail. So mm. they're uh, okay. they're currently doing the appeals. You know, it's, it's going to be a long time yeah. before those boys actually face a judge or a whatever jury in Brazil. I'm not sure. I don't know. Not sure. I don't know. You got any other news for us, Delaney? Okay, I've got one other fun piece of news because food news. I don't know what it is. It's always food news that I think is funny or entertaining. But um, is saw, it gross? No, hear it. no. I think it's not gross. I think you're going to be intrigued by it. So, oh. are you a Costco or a Sam's Club shopper? I am a Costco member. Okay, formerly Sam's Club. Okay, so the point of that stuff is to buy in bulk, right? So right. You Costco, get TP that'll last you a year. That's the whole point of Costco. <laughs> so Costco is not only launching things like that or selling things like that, but now they have just released a 27-pound bucket of macaroni and cheese, <laughs> <laughs> which, contains, which contains 180 servings of, quote, delicious comfort food. And retails or, for eighty nine ninety nine, or it contains one serving at two thirty <laughs> in the morning after returning home from a night on the town. Well, I think is is where they're going. So the other thing to make note, because it's not literally just a big bucket full of pre made mac and cheese that you scoop out cafeteria style. Um, it's it's essentially one hundred and eighty individually packaged servings of pasta and one hundred and eighty individually packaged servings of cheddar cheese sauce. That just comes in a five-gallon bucket. Now, Costco, come on. You can do better. I want a vat of pre-made <laughs> mac and cheese that I can just eat with a spoon. I want 27 pounds of it, and I want it in a pail, and I want it now. <laughs> and you'll be soon featured on my 400-pound life or whatever that TV show is called. You know, it's going to happen eventually. I might as well use my Costco discount to make it happen a little faster. There you go. All right. I'm not big on exercise, Delaney, as you're aware. <laughs> I'm I'm fully aware, Mike. All right. Well, if that wraps up our, yes. our use as such as it is segment for the day, I will jump into the markets. Okay. And it looks like the weather rally is continuing. And, folks, if you want to learn how to market through this weather rally market, hopefully – potentially market yourself to a profit this year, give our friends at Zaner a call. Of course, no profits are guaranteed, but a marketing plan can certainly get you off on the right foot, and our friends at Zaner can get that started. Give them a shout at 312-277-0050 or visit them on the web at zaner.com and tell them you heard it on Ag News Daily. Well, as I mentioned, weather market continues uh, in a sense. We're still in the green in the corn market. It's not much of a rally. July corn was up a quarter penny at 394 and a half, with the December new crop up two and a quarter. Finished at 412 and three quarters. In soybeans, July big move today, up six and a half cents. Okay, kind of surprising given the potential acreage shift that we'll talk about with Bob Hartzell in just a second. Closed the day at 828 and a half. November new crop up six and three quarters to finish at 855 and a quarter. Wheat was the loser. July wheat down six cents at 472 and three quarters. The September down five and a quarter, finished the day at 480 and three quarters. Jumping over to the world of livestock today. We've got a little weakness in live cattle. The June live cattle contract was down 20 cents at 110.65. The August down 32.50, closed the day at 107.95. In feeder cattle, weakness as well. The August was down 40 cents at 142.60, with the September 
down 30 cents to finish at 143.8750. And in lean hogs, yesterday's reversal was confirmed. The June contract down 45 cents at 89.65. The July off 32.50 to close at 91. And, of course, we can't forget about our friends in the dairy industry. In Class 3 milk, that May contract up six cents, getting ready to close that contract out, finish the day at 16.35. The June down six cents, finished at 16.38. Without further ado, let's have a wide-ranging discussion on crop insurance, prevent plant, and potential acreage shifts with our good friend, Bob Hartsaw. Well, folks, it is the day we promised, the day to talk crop insurance and prevent plant, even if maybe some of your uh, you production ag folks might be uh, currently sharpening your pencils. We figure it's still worth having this discussion. So we brought in a total professional on the issue. His name is Bob Hartsaw. He's an agent with Sylvius Insurance out of Warsaw, Indiana, works with growers all across the Corn Belt. Bob, thanks for taking the time to join us. Glad Glad to be here to help out. Well, I want to jump into it real quick. Let's assume that yesterday's announcement by the Trump administration did not take place. We're at 49% planted on corn. We've got rain in the forecast going forward. Bring us us the very basics. What is prevent plant and how does it work? Okay. So basically, um, with any type of a um, policy that we've got, We've got our basic provision that gives us revenue coverage for the most part is what most guys are using now. And a part of that basic policy um, has a provision that says if you're unable to plant that crop uh, and therefore you're not generating any kind of dollars against, uh, you know, that coverage, you're going to get a percentage of that original revenue guarantee. And uh, for corn, that basic policy is 55% of the original guarantee a guy gets, and for beans, it's 60%. So um gives you some, you know, in a year like this, which they don't come along very often, thank, you know, God for that, but um, it gives you some basic coverage for um, the what-ifs when you literally can't get in and plant anything. And there's, there's a couple of different um uh, you know, avenues that you can look at as far as how prevent plan is taken, too. So, anyhow. So, Bob, just to clarify, because I think this has also been a question when I've been talking to producers, is do all insurance policies include prevent plans, or is that something that you have to opt into each year with your insurance agent? Okay, so the uh, basic revenue policies, which are the ones that are based on just – a lot of guys get these kind of confused a little bit, even though they've been using it for years. But the RP policy, which is the one based on an individual's yields, your history, your APHs, mm-hmm. those policies include replant and prevent plant coverages, whereas the area plans, the ones that are using the county averages, do not carry any of that type of coverage in them. So the basic policy does have that built in automatically. It's there for you. All right. Now, you mentioned there were a couple different avenues through which producers might take prevent plant. But before we get to that, I want to ask you, Bob, let's say that I'm in an area that has been – we've seen so many spotty storms. Let's say I've got a river valley farm. I'm on both sides of a creek or a river. It's flooded. I can't get into my fields. But all of my neighbors are able to get out and run. 
how does the how is the insurance company determining whether or not my claim is legitimate or valid? Yeah, um, that I I will tell you that that's a lot more gray area than what I probably can comment on specifically to tell you that um, it's it's part of what's called good farming practices, and you have to make the proper attempt. You want to say. And um, generally speaking, if there's questions about it, you know, the company is going to send out a, an age a, a adjuster and he's going to take a look at the uh, situation and determine that, you know, probably conditions were not favorable. Now, in years like this, obviously, uh, the companies are, would be overrun with uh, doing that. And, of course, everybody realizes just how wet things really are. So a um, little bit probably a little easier to – to get through the process on this. But um, if it wasn't one of these uh, unusual years like we're having right now, Mike, probably uh, an adjuster would come out and take a look and make sure that, you know, it was a valid claim. So all of that in mind, you mentioned that there are a couple of different avenues that we can take because you don't necessarily have to take prevent plants and then let those acres go fallow. Can you explain maybe the differences between taking prevent plant and, and letting the ground go fallow as opposed to taking like a delayed planting date? How does all of that factor in? Yeah. Okay. So, so, you know, your first choice is again, um, just in other words, once your uh, final plant date uh, comes, you can go ahead and declare, take prevent plant, um, at 100% of what your coverage would allow on the prevent plant coverages. Or you could say, well, I'd like to, uh, instead of, of letting that ground go fallow, and, and when we say fallow, it has, does have to be maintained either, um, you know, you're going to have to either do some tillage, uh, plant some type of a cover crop on it, um, uh, continue spraying it to hold the weeds down, you know, again, going back to the good farming practices. Um, so you're, you've got some work to do there. The, the other option you have is, is that you could say, um, what I'd like to do is, is I would like to collect some money from my prevent plant coverage, but I would rather just switch and put in a second crop. So uh, in most cases, for most guys, that's going to be soybeans at this point. So, what you're going to do in that situation is, is uh, number one, you're only going to get 35% of the original prevent plant coverage uh, guaranteed that you would have. So you'd get that, and then you have to wait to the end of the late planting time frame. And that's kind of the stickler for a lot of guys uh, taking this second avenue. Um, because you're going to be waiting till the the end of this uh, month of June coming up before you're really going to get a chance to plant anything for many of these places. So um, you're going to have some pretty late planted beans in that situation. But you do wait, and then you can plant those beans. Those beans would then be 100% insured and have uh, coverages that you know you would be able to collect on in the fall if if you had a problem. Now, Bob, I want to change tack a little bit because over the past 24 hours or 36 hours, I suppose, we have seen a lot of farmers go back to their their little ledgers, sharpen their pencils, 
and start to wonder if Prevent Plant makes as much sense today as it did on Wednesday. Can you tell us a little bit about why the Trump administration's MFP market facilitation payment announcement might change the way growers are looking at this consideration? Yeah. Um, you know, and every every guy is going to be a little bit different with, you know, what they're probably looking at. But general, the announcement of that uh, large payment um, going for your beans again with the market facil- facilitation is going to uh, suggest guys want to plant as many beans as they can plant. And again, we don't know enough details uh, regarding how they're going to determine, you know, what those payments are going to be right now. So a lot of guys are, you know, kind of guessing right now, you know, how are they determining, you know, what those payments are going to be. But but a $2 a bushel guarantee that you're going to be paid uh, is going to get the attention of a lot of people to decide, you know what, it's getting kind of late on corn right now. I think I'm going to plant beans. And I don't want to plant those beans, you know, the end of June or the 1st of July. And they may just switch and not take PP and may may look at just planting the beans right now. But when you look at the statement, especially I'm looking at the one that the USDA released yesterday, it said, quote, details on the new farming support program will be forthcoming shortly. But we want to be clear that the program is being designed to avoid skewing, et cetera, et cetera. They said farmers should continue to make their planting and production decisions with the current market signals in mind. So what does that what is that indicating to you that they put out this statement? So, I mean, I, I like the laugh there, Bob. I like the yeah, we don't sorry. To the market. Ha 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 ha. ha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I you know, I I'm I'm of the same uh, mindset that I think uh, every farmer that read that, heard that or whatever um they they that's the exact opposite you know of what they just did i mean we know obviously that the early release of the fact that they're even announcing there's going to be a program again yeah is going to get the attention in this situation right off the bat like like why didn't they wait until like why didn't they wait until after folks were done growing that's what i just i can't understand i don't either i don't either i mean I mean, look, a lot of these farmers, their customers, their friends, lots of them have been friends of mine for years, and I'm more than happy for them that they're, they've got this uh, opportunity coming. But I don't understand the rationale of determining why. And, and look, I mean, we have a major issue, in my opinion, and I'm not a market guy, so this is just people just talking, right? But we have a major issue with the, uh, you know, Asian swine flu. You know, we're we're having such an issue with the demand destruction there, um, the supply and demand already. The numbers weren't good, and now all of a sudden we're going to quote unquote encourage guys to plant more beans going in. I I worry about not so much this year what you're going to get paid, but what's going forward from 2020 on. So anyhow, you better get a you better get some smart people on in the markets with that one, Mike, and talk to them on that stuff. That's not me. So, anyhow. Well, even though you're not a market guy, 
I'm sure you've been talking to a lot of different producers. Bob, what's your kind of early estimate here, especially with this announcement yesterday? What are you thinking we're going to see as far as acreage goes for corn acres switching to beans or maybe acreage that's realistically never going to get planted because of wet weather? Well, honestly, my my thought is, is I've got guys that as long as um, going into like the first week of June, as long as they can find dry ground, they are going to plant corn because they're seeing that there's going to definitely be a an opportunity price-wise on the corn is what their feeling is right now. So I haven't seen at, you know, we, again, we've only had just a couple of days here now, and I'm fielding multiple calls um, every day about this stuff, you know, asking questions about you know, the, the, the coverages and things. But um, my take is right now that it's kind of up in the air. I don't know. I think it, I think it really is going to depend on what the weather is. I think guys are still wanting to plant the corn if they can because they see an opportunity. So I don't know whether or not it's going to flip a lot until Mother Nature just says you're not planting corn anymore. Beans are the, you know, the way to go kind of a thing. Absolutely. It's going to be, it's been an interesting spring. It's going to be a very interesting year, both from a marketing, from a planting, and from an insurance perspective. Bob, if we've got listeners who have questions, they want to talk through some insurance options with you, how can they get a hold of you? Okay, well, I can give them, um, you can reach me on my Twitter handle and DM me there. Um, and that's uh, Hoosier7883. Um, phone number 574-933-3930 and email um, robert.hartsaw, H-A-R-T-S-O-U-G-H, at C-R-O-P-I-N-S dot net, cropinsurance.net. So. Fantastic, folks. Check him out. Be sure to follow Bob on Twitter. He's a, he's a heck of a good follow and a good guy to uh, to get feedback from, especially there in that uh, that north central Indiana area. I like reading your updates of uh, what's happening on the ground. Well, you you talk right. a little too much about Hoosier basketball, frankly. Ah, uh, come on now. You know, I've been for having to be rather quiet and uh, not hitting to, to say as much as I'd like to the last couple of years. So someday it's going <laughs> to turn around for me. I, I, we got Coach Miller. We're going to be all right. <laughs> there you go. you got to be optimistic. Well, Barb, Bob Hartsaw, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. All right. Thank you, Mike. Good talking with you. Well, good stuff there, and I did happen to look through that Twitter thread that uh, Bob mentioned to us, I think, after we stopped recording, but they had a good discussion on Twitter, too. It sounds like there are a lot of good resources out there if you still have some questions or clarity because I think this helped, but I think each individual situation is maybe on a case-by-case basis. Yeah, and moving acres into beans only works if you can actually get into those acres mm, at some yeah. point this summer, which given this 10-day forecast, oh, boy, it is ugly, ugly, ugly. Rains across much of the rest of the Corn Belt going forward. Folks, you're going to have a lot of time to be sitting listening in your shop quality podcast we hope you'll get caught up on ag news daily you can find our shows on our website at agnewsdaily.com or you can always get caught up on our episodes episodes by going to twitter or facebook just search for ag news daily and we'll be there with that delaney should we let the people go let's let them go 